It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another season and edition of Knox Talk. Today is Friday, April the 9th. My name is Paul Sickman from Knox Sports Marketing here in beautiful Tampa, Florida. And my co-host, as always, is Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee and the Ball Network. Good afternoon, Brandon. Hey, Paul. It's Masters Week, a special week for us sports fans, without a doubt. It is, and uh, we get to watch what we can't do, which is guys hit the ball 320 yards in <laughs> beautiful <laughs> up and down and look at sidewalks that are disguised as greens and do all those things that make us jealous and go on every Saturday and try to replicate well, I, I, I don't know if you have been or not. One of the most spectacular experiences I've ever had in my life, and, and we get to do a lot because we work in sports, but there is something special and unique about Augusta, Georgia, and walking around that golf course. I have never done it. You're making me jealous just talking about it. I, I, told, I actually told my wife, I said, this is the time that I want to play it. I, I am in a window right now. I am 55 years old. I'm soon to be 56. I am playing the best golf of my life by a long shot. My handicap has gone from close to probably an 18 to 20 down to just around a 9 or a 10. And, uh, and there's never going to come wow. a point where I'm going to get any better. And so I want to play that course now. So if you can go ahead and set that up, maybe next week. Well, listen, we'll get you set up to play. And then I will come down there just to go through the concession stands to eat the pimento cheese sandwiches um, and and have a beverage or two. How about that? Yeah, and, and all for like a buck fifty. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, in, in fact, there's probably studies to be done about how Augusta National uh, and the tour run that event. Uh, I waited no more than four to five minutes at a time for concession stands. Um which we, we've all been to other venues and other sports where the experience is not nearly as good. Oh, my gosh. I went, we, we went to the Open two years ago up in uh, Northern Ireland, and, and that was, I thought, the most amazing run event ever. And, that, that, yeah, you're, it was a 10-minute wait for a, a Guinness. But anyway, we got off topic already. Our topic today uh, is activating sponsorships in college baseball and softball, which is incredibly topical for where we are in the calendar. I know that Mr. Parks is very full of himself right now because his uh, Tennessee baseball team has exploded out of the gate. They, uh, I saw a poll where they were number four this week. I don't think they've lost a series yet this year. Uh, but we'll see how joyful Brandon is after the boys from Gainesville uh, roll through uh, Knoxville this weekend. That might be a challenge. But we're going to talk about baseball and softball today, Mr. Parks. Uh, I think as we, uh, as we record today, the balls are 25-5. and five. Erica, we are certainly off to a good start, but the road gets a lot more harder and difficult. When you look at the SEC weekends that are coming up over the next few weeks, so uh, we'll find out uh, how the walls shake out. But I am excited to talk about this topic um, for for us marketers in college sports. Sometimes we get so focused on football, men's basketball, women's basketball, um, and you don't want baseball to be a topic that you that you're not bringing up to sponsors, that you're not putting in front in front of advertisers. I think you could say college baseball in the co in the college sports world as a whole could be one of the greatest opportunities we have from a futuristic growth perspective. So I'm I'm excited to dive into to what college baseball means, what it means college softball, what it means this time of year, um, what it means to sponsors and advertisers, um, and how we can grow it because I think we can grow 
uh, the sponsorship platform and footprint within baseball and softball. I'm a huge advocate because I'm not just because I'm a fan, just because of the reality of how baseball and softball work for an advertiser. And and the reason is, is I think it's kind of basic. If you, any, any fan that has gone to uh, a a football event, uh, obviously that's where all, you know, big dollars get poured into football and basketball. And I get that. But from a football perspective, when you're trying to activate, you're trying to get someone to change a habit. You're trying to get someone to do something from a marketing perspective. You've got breaks, sure. There are timeouts uh, in every quarter. There are timeouts, you know, TV timeouts, radio timeouts, etc. But if you're a football fan, that timeout is not 100% captivated attention. It is usually you're looking at a huddle. You're looking at the players that are coming on and off. You're looking at the interaction on the sideline. You are engaged. The cheerleaders are doing. There are so many things that take up your attention span that even at best, you're not giving 100% attention to the sponsor messaging that's coming in between. Basketball, similarly, I, I, maybe not to that same degree because you're indoors, but baseball and softball are unique because there is a natural break, whether it's a pitching change or an inning change, that is an elongated break. It's a minute to two minutes, and you are captivated by whatever goes on that video board. You are captivated by what event or fun promotion is happening on the field to the point where it resonates with everyone that is sitting there. It is just a completely different mindset of captivation from a marketing perspective that you can do with baseball and softball than, than you have at football. No, you're, you're exactly right. And it, it's, it's, it's these created breaks that become much more definitive breaks where it gives you opportunities and inventory to do things with. And, um, you know, in, in football specifically, we're only guaranteed, what, six, seven, maybe eight home games per year, uh, which is a very limited number of games. So there's a limited amount of inventory. And then you look at baseball and softball, um, you know, you can play a 50 game schedule that includes 25 home games. So there's, which is even more than what we play in in men's or women's basketball. So it does create all of these opportunities within. And then you look at a game itself, just as you were talking about, uh, you've got nine innings and you're going to, you're going to have a hard stop after each inning. Then you're also going to have that stop after the half inning. So it's 18 opportunities to, to do something unique and different from a sponsor perspective. Yeah, plus pitch, plus pitching changes, which is another half dozen every game at least, um, especially with college baseball now and analytics. These, these coaches are changing. They're doing what the pros are doing and changing every batter. And so you got another 45 seconds uh, there. It, 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 it's amazing um, at what you can do. But I think it's even deeper than that. I, and I, you know, Not to say that, that football and basketball fans are not loyal, but there is a different – uh, tenor uh, of fan that come to baseball. Uh, they, at least in the South, they tend to be a little older. They tend to be a little more affluent. Um, the, the season ticket holders and the regular uh, attendees of baseball and softball. Um, softball, like all Olympic sports, um, has an incredibly passionate uh, group of fans that when a sponsor comes and gets involved and presents a offer uh, that has uh, some marketability, they tend to really overreact. I mean, you will over-index with those fans because they realize that that particular client is spending money in particular uh, with, with, the, with the Lady Balls or the Lady, uh, the Lady Gators or the Lady Knowles or whoever it is. They, they, it's just something that kind of it's a step up and they, they change their tenor and they tend to overreact. We, we as, a, as a company that does this for a living, um, it, it, we have more success, I will tell you, in baseball, softball sponsorships than on the average than we really do in football stuff 
uh, when we are talking about bounce back, get people to act. I'm not talking about a data capture or just a ticket back or any of the old stuff, school stuff. I'm talking about asking a client uh, and asking a fan to make a change in their habit uh, and make a, a walk-in decision or a marketing decision. Baseball and softball has been incredible. I, I agree 110% what you said at the very beginning. I think there is a subset of fans that are fans of a particular school and they're fans of the entire athletics program, but within it, they, they are passionate about baseball and softball. Um, and they do seem to be as loyal, maybe more loyal than some of our, our football fans, for instance, which makes up our largest portion of our fan base. Um, and, and I do think because the landscape, you mentioned it with, with activation results, I think the, the landscape in baseball and softball is somewhat not as cluttered as maybe football is where you have right. 10 or 12 promotions going on within one game uh, within baseball and softball. It's much more limited. And when you, when you have that, it's a cleaner landscape to market from. And, you know, you and I worked with a pizza company this past year and I was concerned going in in the hopes that my baseball program as a whole could deliver the the volume of results that that the pizza company wanted but the sales increase we saw during baseball season through the results of our baseball promotion was as good and probably more effective than than if we had done the promotion in football or in basketball yeah it, it's just it's just cleaner brandon it's just it you know it, for all the reasons the uncluttered nature of the promotional window during the game the ability to do something that is unique during the course of a game. You can do a season-long promotion, whether it's, you know, the, um, the Bulls win, you win. Uh, you know, the, the Aggies score five, you get this, uh, $5 off. Uh, whatever those promotions that you are executing, if you have some consistency, you do them year-long, and the fans start to understand them, they get into it, they will chant for it, they will be in it, and they know that this is benefiting them. Uh, and it's it's it just it's going to work. And, and here's what's what's even you know kind of we haven't said it, but let's say the, the the big elephant in the room. It's really inexpensive, right? So from a baseball and softball perspective, let's say baseball, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you a range, but for seventy five hundred to fifteen thousand dollars at most Power Five schools with a legitimate baseball program, you can have all the things you want. You can have a little bit of radio, you can have some signage in the park, and you can have a promotion for $7,500 to $15,000. And that probably is a double mark for softball. So for half that money, you know, for, for three to five grand up to maybe $7,500 to ten, you can have everything you ever wanted in softball. And I think you understated the games. I mean, baseball, most Power 5 teams have 30 to 40 home games because they play most of them at home, and, 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 and the non-conference games are all at home. And softball is a similar situation. So just think about the ability to talk to people over a three-month period actively with a game or two or three or four a week. And, and it really gives local sponsors you know, an opportunity to activate where they don't have that ability to do that in some of the other more marquee sports like football and basketball. Well, and in thinking about baseball and softball, I do think we are on the cusp where – where baseball and softball are going to garner a lot more media attention moving forward across the, I'd say most of the power five school power five conferences in the country. Um, and, and it all starts obviously with these TV arrangements. Um, so for instance, in the sec, the sec network arrangement with ESPN, well, our schools are far more covered now 
thanks to the SEC Network on live television and then their SEC Network Plus Network uh, than we ever were before. Uh, and then obviously the financial commitment that ESPN is making to the conference um, creates larger budgets, which can then be spread out. Uh, and then I think, you know, in the SEC specifically, the addition of alcohol sales uh, at the venue sites, uh, you know, what goes better than a hot dog, uh, an ice cold beer at a baseball game? Uh, that's, you know, a, what do they call it? A three hour uh, vacation. Um, <laughs> I think I think some of these playing in to what I think is starting to evolve and happen. I mean, Alabama just just invested 40 to 50 million dollars in their baseball facility. Um, you've got Oklahoma State who who opened up in 2020 a state-of-the-art facility. I think they were in the $35 million range. Th- those kinds of numbers invested into baseball outside of maybe, say, an LSU or an Arkansas um, was unheard of. But I think now we have resources to ramp up these efforts. And, you know, for the longest time, our basketball arenas and our football stadiums looked more close or maybe more modern towards what NFL stadiums and, and arenas look like in the NBA. Um, maybe not to the, to the wild degree that some of the facilities are being built now, but there was probably a better correlation. I've always thought the baseball footprint in, in college baseball relative to major league baseball, the stadiums look nothing alike. In fact, the college baseball stadiums probably resemble more of a minor league park than they do a major league stadium. Um, but I think you're going to see a time where there's going to be money invested into these programs, into these facilities, and it's going to create marketing opportunities because within a, a renovation of a baseball stadium, the addition of LED signage, uh, putting in HD video boards, uh, what can we do on the outfield walls? What can we do up the baselines? What can we do inside the dugouts? All of those things, you know, for the most part, outside of four or five programs, is really untapped inventory. You know, it's, and you just stacked on something that, that I, I've seen uh, happen in a lot of minor league parks and major league parks. I think it's something that the, the colleges need to spend some time and, and invest in as well is that the social areas, uh, we are, all of us in sports marketing are definitely afraid of a generation leaving us, right? It's probably a podcast sure. in and of itself, right? They we're worried about, sure. we're worried about 15 to 25 year olds just not following sports in the same way that we consumed it. And so you'll, you're, you're seeing it at minor league parks, major league parks, all over the social areas where they have the standing area. You pay almost nothing you get in. Well, students do pay nothing. They, get, they For the most part, across the South, and where college baseball is a big deal, and certainly the, the Big Ten's getting better, students don't have to pay to get in for the most part. And if they do, it's, it's, it's about nothing. But we need to create an area that they can have fun. And, and if they want to come for four innings and hang out and chit-chat with their friends, they're not sitting on a metal bleacher. Um, and, and hoping that something entertaining happens. We need to do all those things and allow those, those fans to become fans while they're in school and it's free because that's where all the revenue is coming later. Yeah, they, they've got to be entertained and they have to be comfortable. Um, and I think you hit it. Obviously, chairbacks are a must. Uh, connectivity with Wi-Fi has got to be a must. Uh, the product in the concession stand um, obviously has got to continue to improve. And then I think you... You brought up a great phrase, social spaces, because uh, we hear so much about premium spaces, uh, whether it be boxes or club levels or loge seating or, or terrace type level seatings. Or at Tennessee, we have this outfield area called the porch, which is a social space. But there has to be additional, more social spaces where um, especially younger people have the opportunity to, quote unquote, stretch their legs a little bit um, and and have 
as much fun in the game during the game as they are watching the game. That's right. Because um, baseball is, is all, a, it's a struggle, Brandon, right? I mean, I love it because I'm a college baseball fan, but it's like hockey. It, it, it is way better in person than it is on television. And you need, and we need to, to explode that to young people. We, we do. And, and, and you could say that the, the time of year could be a challenge, certainly with baseball season starting, you know, in the SEC, we, we play our first non-conference games in February. Well, the weather can be somewhat, can, can be somewhat questionable February into March. And then certainly as you go North, it's a real challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, as marketers and as um, site hosts for events, we've got to do everything in our power to create as attractive and of appealing of an atmosphere as we can to, to where we get fans to come out. And the baseball game's important and it's part of it, but, but it's also there's all of these other amenities that go along with it that make it this just fantastic experience. Yeah, you had mentioned pizza earlier, Brandon, and I, I you know, we, you, you chart the successes. We've had a whole bunch of, of restaurant success uh, in baseball uh, through the years of doing this. We have, uh, we have a, a chicken wing joint uh, in the South, Beef O'Brady's has been a client, and they have done a baseball bingo promotion forever, which is not the typical bingo. We basically, the, every single person in the stadium gets a sheet where you got 16, uh, you got a square with 16 squares in there, all have a baseball event on them. And if you can go four across with any of those events, you know, pass ball, hit, whatever, uh, then you get to go back to beefs and, and grab food. Th those redemption on those is like 25% of the audience will show up back at the client uh, and kill it. We have uh, another brand, Chicken Salad Chick, which is a, a very female-based um, client. We've done this with softball uh, all over the South uh, with that particular, they, you, you, if you win, uh, you get uh, you go to the app, you activate that app, and you get to go back to the uh, to a chicken salad chick with a five dollar off offer. We've done that for years with a bunch of schools. That's been very successful. We have a a new client um, just in the last year and a half, Tijuana Flats, that is activating uh, in the South now with uh, a trigger promotion in baseball uh, at Florida State. It's an eight strikeout gets you a free taco, and every single game when there's seven strikeouts and two strikes, the entire stadium is chanting tacos, which has got to make them very, very happy. Um, and, and so it, it, the, all of these are just restaurant easy. I mean, and again, for a restaurant, I am understandable and I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that it is hard for a restaurant to spend football money. Um, but restaurants, even if there's a single store or maybe even only two locations in a town, can afford baseball or softball. And, and so, and not only can you afford it, but you're not just branding, you're doing something where you can measure return. Uh, and those are three really super fast examples of just local restaurants able to have success um, because they, uh, well, number one, they use a great agency to negotiate their deal, but number two, they found a way to spend just a little bit of money and get a bounce back and be able to measure how we did against that. And there's probably a perception of, of yes, they made a smaller investment, but, but they are directly associated with the program. And in the fans' eyes, that probably is a larger perception than reality. Mm -hmm. um, and, and why it works so well local is, is due to the volume of games, so much of the fan audience, fan attendance, really local market. And if you are a local company, then that's a way to be able to know that you are, without question, reaching your, your direct audience. Um, and, and in a way... That, that you do have this local engagement with them um, that, that is in this more clean environment and, and therefore you have a chance to be a lot more successful. And I'll say this too, 
and I think it, the subset of fans appreciate this. If, if the subset of fans are as passionate about Tennessee baseball um, as we think they are, and then they're an overriding Tennessee fan of all UT sports, they appreciate the companies that are investing into baseball because they are making that investment. It's it's easy to think about sponsors that want to be involved in football, basketball, women's basketball, your larger sports, but to see someone invest in baseball or to softball as a fan, you want to see them be successful because they're supporting your team. Brandon, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it, it is there is a, a a local affinity. We talked about right off the bat, you know, that that, that happens. We always we, we tell our clients that baseball is a 25 to a 50 mile sport, and I would say probably the 50 is a, is a reach. It's it's a 25 mile sport. Basketball is a 50 to 100 mile sport, with 50 probably being the accurate number, and football is a six hour sport, right? I mean, people people could come from a long long ways away, but but the baseball softball thing. Um, is so crucial. And I think that that's really the key here is just to understand what baseball can do and what softball can do uh, and how much they're evolving. I think Brandon's 100% right. I think it will continue to evolve. And I think it'll be an opportunity going forward for not only local people, but for national sponsors to understand how to market in baseball and softball is different than what they do in the other sports. And I think as they continue to do that, uh, I think there's more and more money will come in, which might be unfortunate for the local people. Maybe they can't afford it anymore. But right now, baseball and softball, uh, as it's right in the middle of midseason right now, is an unbelievably great situation for a lot of local clients to take advantage of. Well, now now is the time to get involved. Um, get involved before you do feel like that the the landscape gets somewhat cluttered. Uh, take advantage of the lower price points to be involved. Results can be driven from this. Um and, and it's exciting time. Uh, and again, I continue to believe that resources will continue to be poured into baseball and softball. Uh, and long term, um, I think it's a real opportunity for all of us. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't hurt when the uh, when the SEC money is so gigantic that it seems like every single school is just trying to find excuses to spend money. So their, their baseball stadiums <laughs> are all going to be Taj Mahal shortly while the rest of us just say, wow. <laughs> How come, the, how come the SEC, why are they ranked one through eight in the polls? Oh, that's why. Okay. Um, so, folks, thank you very much for listening. Uh, a little bit shorter version. We're going to come back with a special guest in two weeks. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. So, on behalf of Brandon Parks, I'm Paul Sickman with Knox Sports. Thank you for listening to another edition of Knox Talk. See you later.